Hey friends, I hope you're all staying as safe and healthy and comfortable as possible and that you're taking care of all the people and pets and plants that are important to you. I hate to start the show off on a downer, and I certainly would have mentioned the passing of this important artist on last week's episode had I been made aware he died before I recorded the show, but but I did want to mention today to talk uh, about him now. So, so, the world lost Lee Scratch Perry last week. Yeah, if you're a fan at all of Jamaican popular music, you know how important Lee Scratch Perry was to the culture. Perry was a one-of-a-kind, to say the least. He was, he was very eccentric. He believed in extraterrestrials. I, I remember once reading an article about his life in, in Sweden uh, some years ago, and, and the writer mentioned Lee Scratch Perry at that time was pooping in martini glasses and then burying them in his backyard because he thought it would bring him luck. Uh, very odd behavior. But, but his eccentricities should in no way eclipse his talents. Lee Scratch Perry was an amazing producer and an amazing musician whose music career began in the late 1960s and ran right on up through present day. He, he worked with Bob Marley and the Wailers. He worked with The Clash. He worked with the Beastie Boys and, and of course, his own band, The Upsetters, as well as many, many other established artists across a myriad of genres. Now, if, if you're not familiar at all with the work of Lee Scratch Perry, and you're curious, a good place to start would be The Ultimate Collection. That's where I started. It's just a single disc. It's sort of a greatest hits that includes some of his best work during the 1970s. Rest in peace, Lee Scratch Perry, a true original who never stopped creating. Thank you for the music. This is the People Are the Enemy podcast. Welcome. If you're a brand new listener, hello. My name is Andy Mascola. I'm the host of this show that's been that's been around for over three and a half years now. I, I've been putting out at least one new episode every week without fail since January 1st, 2018. I love to talk with interesting, creative people. However, sometimes the show is just me. Sometimes in the bathtub. Sincerely, I, I, I really try to make this a fun podcast, one that I'd like to listen to myself. So I, I hope you dig what you hear. Uh, there are no ads on People Are the Enemy. There is no Patreon set up for it. If you love this podcast and you'd like to help support it and myself monetarily and get yourself or the reader in your life some fine fiction, please consider purchasing one or two of my novels. I am the author of eight independently published books that are all available worldwide right now in both paperback and ebook formats via Amazon. And if you don't use Amazon, you can find most of my novels in paperback format at barnesandnoble.com. If you've already purchased any or all of my books, thank you, thank you, thank you. I sincerely appreciate your generous patronage. And with all that out of the way, here's the quirky theme song. People Are the Enemy listeners, this is episode 189 of the People Are the Enemy podcast, 
Thank you so much for checking it out. I'm so glad you're spending time with me. Holy moly, you've tuned into a great one. Our, our guests are the Washington, D.C. art punk band Brenda. Listeners, now, I, I don't lie to you, okay? I'm a huge music fan. I do my best to hear as much new music as I can in terms of, well, indie rock, indie pop, post-punk, art punk, but... I had no idea about Brenda until this year, and shame on me. This band has been around for almost 10 years, and they are wonderful. Now, I'm going to tell you right now. If you love bands like Gauche, Bodega, Dry Cleaning, Sneaks, Fake Fruit, now you are not going to want to miss Brenda's new album, Do You Like Salt? Available right now via the great Pittsburgh label Crafted Sounds. Folks, when you think about what the world has been through with this pandemic and the potential for great art to be made while creative people were quarantining, I can only guess that the members of this band that we've got on the show today, Brenda, were rehearsing, that they were writing and honing their musical chops in order to bring you this great album. Do you like Salt? But but I don't know for sure. That's, that's, that's what they were doing. Fortunately, we have them on the phone right now, so I can ask them. So without any further ado, let's speak right now with the Washington art punk band, Brenda. Hello, Brenda, are you there? Yeah, we're here. All right. Who have we got there? We got Dave. And we got Leia. Oh, right on. And, and, and Leia, you play the drums? Holy moly, do you play the drums? Holy moly. <laughs> I do. I play the drums. Yep. And my goodness. And, and Dave, you play the guitar and you sing? Oh. I play the guitar and sing, oh. um, and Leia sings too. Yeah, we all, we've all, especially on this record, we're all singing. Fantastic, fantastic. Brenda, I, I wanted to, when I started promoting your appearance on this episode, I, I referred to your band as a trio, but but I know that you folks have, have gone through some, some different iterations member-wise. Is, is, is the current iteration still a trio, or is it, is, uh, are there more folks in the in the band than just three? So, yeah, we've never actually been a trio, um... We, for this current record, um, our most steady lineup was as um, a trio in the sense that there were three of us um, who were helping to contribute and write all, contribute to and write all the songs. Um, we had a bassist through all of it, um, and uh, that bassist wasn't always the same person. But we are a four-piece, and we've never been a three-piece. Maybe we look like a three-piece, but yeah, we're a (laughs) four-piece. Very cool, very cool. Leah, was I at all correct when I suggested you folks were using your time during quarantine to perfect the songs included on Do You Like Salt? Well, somewhat. We were using our time during quarantine at least to finish like the very last bits of recording that we did in our basement and then working with Jonathan Shanky, who mixed and mastered the record. But truth be told, we wrote and recorded the record, right? I mean, we finished recording just before the pandemic hit. We were lucky that that we finished most of our recordings so that we didn't have to deal with that during COVID. So, so to a degree, in, we, instead we had to figure out how to, how to, re- practice and then perform these songs once uh, COVID started to break and we had band members who were vaccinated and could hang out together. Very good. Very good. Dave, the first song I I heard from Do You Like Salt was Service Loser, and I loved it, but I wrongly assumed your band was French. Am I the only one who's made this mistake? 
you said French, sorry? Yeah, I thought I thought you guys yeah. were French. Uh yeah, um we we are not a French band. Um <laughs> that 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 song it, and you're not you're not wrong in assuming that. So <laughs> that has an interesting backstory. Um the song is about tennis. We did try to um work out the song segments in tennis lengths. I don't know if that makes any sense. It might to like tennis people out there. Um, and, and, and because so many uh, tennis terms are in French, we eventually told our other bandmate, Tori, um, just come up with some <laughs> words in French and sing them. And she did that. And um, that is why you, you, you hear French in that song. Aha. Uh-huh. Okay, yeah, I wondered why the word tennis was shouted intermittently throughout, so uh, almost like the, the after the completion of a volley, I suppose. Is that what you mean? Exactly, yes, uh-huh. yes. It, that's exactly what it's supposed to be. And um, I, I'm, I'm, if, if anyone even gets remotely close to figuring that out on their own, then we will send them a golden ticket. <laughs> awesome. Awesome. As I mentioned, your band has been around for, for just about 10 years now. Are, are you two the only consistent members of Brenda? Yes, pretty much. Um, I'll be honest, when I when I first met Dave in 2011, he had started an iteration that basically became Brenda, but we never performed, they had never performed until I joined the band. So as a performing unit, we Dave and I are the only two consistent members Uh of Brenda. Okay, okay. The the album is called Do You Like Salt? It it, yes. it, it, it tacos, avocados, there there are a lot of references to food throughout the album. Does does the band have a favorite food? <laughs> um I really like hot dogs, um veggie dogs as it were. Um I like anything salty, anything cheesy and meaty as long as it's vegan. As a band, we, we're really big on food, and we love to have snacks as a part of practice. Usually, you know, when bands get together, um, usually drinking is involved, but we're very big on making sure food is involved as well, because it's, that fuels, you know, that fuels the creative process. For sure, for sure. Do, do, do you make sure, is there one specific snack that's always that's always present at the band rehearsals? <laughs> uh Old Bay Chips? Yeah, chips. Old Bay <laughs> Chips! Yeah. Sure, yeah. Anything that has Old Bay or Chesapeake Bay or, I don't know, Maryland Crab this or that in the name, we're suckers for all of those. Very cool. Uh, ploys. Very cool. Yeah, I, I hadn't even heard of Old Old Bay until a few years ago. We don't we don't have any Old Bay anything in New England, believe <laughs> it or not, and we should because, you know, you know we got yeah. Maine over there and there's... There's plenty of crabbing going on, but yeah, it's definitely a, a regional thing, Old Bay. Yeah, we got some Old Bay on here. Very cool. Very cool. I, I, I went back and I, I listened to Brenda's entire recorded output, at least what you've made available on Bandcamp, and I, I wanted to ask you guys some questions about features on Do You Like Salt that were unique to this album when compared to your past recorded output, and I, I was hoping that you might tell me how the decisions to include these unique moments came about. Is that okay? Sure. Awesome, awesome. The first was the use of field recordings. I love this. 
at the beginning of the album, we hear what sounds like a busy street. At you know, and and, and again after the record's penultimate song, George the Lobster. Uh, whose idea was it to include these sounds of the street? So it was our most. He's actually our most consistent bassist um, across any recordings. Christian Whittle. Um, he just stuck his phone outside of the house that we all lived in on Florida Avenue in Washington, D.C., and he recorded some street sounds, and we needed to produce a new song for um, Nash... Uh, 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 yeah, but, but what's the city? Um, Nashville. Yeah, Nashville Cassette Store Day, Banana Tapes. Um, sorry. Um, and, and, and we had a song that was basically ready to go, and our bandmate thought, well, it just needed this little extra oomph, so he recorded sounds out of our house um florida avenue for anyone who's not in dc is a very busy thoroughfare uh it's got a lot of stuff going on all the time it's a very colorful street and uh he yeah um he he brought that to the band and he was like what if this started the song and then i think i said to him well what if it just played underneath the entire song and we liked it it sounded good um, I think that George the Lobster having it was sort of a bookend. It was a nice way to almost end the album. Of course, there's um, Red Iguana after that. But uh, George the Lobster, it's, it's, the, it's, it, it's the last full band song. And it, 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 it has um, a great recording of this I don't know what else to call it, but a go-go store, go-go shack, right on the corner of Georgia and Florida Avenue in D.C. Um, and uh, it's it's a staple. It's a it's a legend in in our community. And we were just we thought that we should include it. It's it was a part of our lives for so many years. And uh, yeah, that's that's how it came to be. Okay, so so that. That hip hop that we hear at the end, after after uh, George the Lobster, it, it, I thought it might have been coming from a car, but it was coming from a, a go go place. Well, there's a store on the corner of yeah Georgia and Florida. Um, there, it's a CD store, and it, and I think they do like cell phones and stuff. But they're always blasting really loud go go music. And if you're not from DC, go go is like the DC sound. It's it's a type of music that kind of is like R&B. It, it has elements of hip-hop that was developed in D.C. If you've heard of the, the musician Chuck Brown, he kind of pioneered and, and commandeered the, that term and, and the music go-go. And that store, they're always blasting it, and it's like such a sound if you're at that part of D.C. Uh, you know, if you're walking by, you're always hearing it. So that's that's where that's coming from. It's a store. Yeah, not a car. That is so cool. I had no idea. First of all, I had no idea about that genre of music. This is so exciting. <laughs> I really, like, I thought it was, yeah, like, as you said, Leia, it has elements of hip-hop. I honestly thought, I said, it sounds like an old dirty bastard a little bit. You know? Uh-huh. <laughs> and I thought maybe somebody was driving by playing, like, a, you know, Wu-Tang or something. But, uh, wow, so you're giving me this whole other thing to explore. Oh, I'm excited. 
Very cool. Totally. If you, yeah, Andy, check out uh, Experience Unlimited. Check out Chuck Brown. These are very quintessential DC go-go musicians. Wow. Yeah. Right on. I really appreciate you bringing that to the show. That's very, very cool. So, listeners, we have we have something new to check out. Oh, ho, ho, this is always exciting. Oh, I love it. I love it. the The other thing I wanted to talk about was the alt the alto sax on Perfect World, played by Justin Moyer. Oh my God, it's so good. It's so good. It's so hard to get like, like a saxophone into a pop song. Like a little saxophone goes a long way, but you guys managed to throw in just the right amount. Holy crap! Holy, I, I, how did, how did that decision come about to include Justin Moyer's alto sax, you know, solo on the on that song? Uh, I, I think, I think, I think a little bit of it was that we had come back from um, Austin, South by. Um, that that year, and um, this band, which is an amazing band, I don't think they're actually around anymore. French Vanilla, they oh, yeah. had. Sorry. Oh no, I I'm sorry. I just recognized the band name, and I was excited. Oh, okay. yeah, <laughs> yeah, French, yeah, French Vanilla. Um, they they had a saxophone player in their band, and. We just loved it. Um, I think I think we wanted to figure out a way to incorporate a sound like that in our music, and you know, we, you know, we didn't incorporate it in our music, but we did incorporate it in one song. And um, our engineer uh, for this album, Justin Moyer, uh, he plays saxophone, and he volunteered he volunteered his embouchure for us. Um, but Leia, if you want to put it any other way, please do. Well, yeah, like that song, you know, it's a groovy song. And at the end we, we knew we needed an outro. We, that's a song we always had trouble ending. And I think on this record in particular, we, we spent a lot more time playing around with what we could do in the studio and not necessarily thinking, how is this going to translate on stage? Um, and that freed us up a bit. And so, yeah, we had Justin in the studio, and we love Justin. He's a staple of the DC Discord kind of scene, and he plays sax, and we asked him to play. And he has two tracks, one where he's kind of doing circular breathing, and then the other where he's kind of doing really out kind of jazz sax. Yeah. I'm glad you like it, because we love it so much. That's and he'll be awesome. doing it live for us eventually. That is so cool. That is so cool. Yeah, it's tough, man. I really think it is tough uh, to to include a saxophone, especially in, in in a in a pop or you know a rock oriented uh, atmosphere, and and have it come off sounding, you know, sounding cool, you know, and and it really works. It really works in your song. I, I I'm so glad that you included it. It was a, a nice little addendum for sure. Thank you. Yeah, you're welcome. You're welcome. Well done. Good choice. You guys have made some great choices on this album, and, and one of them I'd like to play for our listeners right now. The first song. On do you like salt beverage of choice? Uh, I, I was hoping we could play this for the listeners right now. Did 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 you folks want to uh, uh, you know add anything uh, or 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 say anything about this song? But before I play it, um, this song is a, a real mishmash of uh, um uh influences. In fact, um, one of Leia's nieces helped write one of the lyrics. That's Maddie is her name. That's that's how that's how mishmashy writing songs for Brenda can be sometimes. Um, but this song is about whatever you want it to be about. <laughs> Very cool. Very cool. Okay. 
So, so what I'll do right now, folks, is I'm gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna take Leia and Dave off speakerphone, and I'm gonna play "Beverage of Choice" again. Uh, first song from the band's new album, "Do You Like Salt?" Out now on Crafted Sounds. You can find this album at brendadc.bandcamp.com. I'll include a link to the album right in the description of this episode so please 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 do do yourself a favor and check it out because i i guarantee if you if you love what you hear here you're going to love the entire album so i'm going to take our friends off speaker uh now and we'll play the song and then we'll come back in a moment so uh here we go this is um this is beverage of choice from do you like salt the new album from the band brenda Beverage of Choice by the band Brenda from the album Do You Like Salt? Which you can get right now at brendadc.bandcamp.com. I hope you love what you heard there. Oh my God, I I really, really am fond of this album. And uh, and, uh, I really, really uh, appreciate Dave and Leia. I appreciate you folks giving me your time. This is so special. Have you guys played live since the album's release? We have, yeah, we we did one, uh, well, two shows out of town. We played one in Pittsburgh, um, where, you know, Crafted Sounds, you mentioned their Pittsburgh-based label. We played at the Government Center, which is an awesome record store in Pittsburgh, and then we played in Philly uh, the next night at Century Bar in South Philly. 
And it was so, it felt so amazing to play out of town shows again. Since, you know, last time we played out of town was in 2019. So wow. it felt really good. Wow. Excellent. And the people are digging the music. I hope so. I'm, you know, people like you, Andy, you're keeping us going. We really appreciate it. Oh, listen, listen. If, if, listeners, if, if you're listening to this episode on the week of its release and you live in the D.C. area, this Friday, September 10th, there's a record release party at Comet Ping Pong in Washington, D.C. Uh, with May, Rio, and Tosser. And, uh, and please, check it out because I, I, I'm in New Hampshire. I can't go. But but you can if you're in D.C. And uh, Brenda's a, a band worth checking out. If and uh, I I hope uh, I hope you enjoy this album as much as I do. This guys, this has been so much fun. Thank you both so so much for talking with me. It's been great to talk to you. Anytime you want to talk, we're available. Yeah, oh. we'll come back anytime. Oh, right on, right on. This has been episode 189 of the People Are the Enemy podcast. Our theme song is Walrus Love by Nokia Ocean. You can find that song and more at pizzapuppies.bandcamp.com. My name is Andy Mascola. You can purchase my novels via Amazon and other online book retailers in both paperback and ebook formats for as little as $1.99. Thank you for listening. Thank you for subscribing. Thank you, Dave and Leah from Brenda. We love you. Peace.